This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. patriotmobile.com slash blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. How many times have you read the stories that uh, have uh, told you that uh, someone was trying to, I don't know, have a, have a lemonade stand, have uh, little kids selling cookies outside the store, and people came along and shut it down. And why did they shut it down? Because they didn't have a permit. Timothy Sandefur has written a book called The Permission Society. And Tim, The Permission Society is exactly that, isn't it? I can't even sell lemonade without some sort of permit from the government. That's right. I think it's important whenever people hear the word permits to keep in mind that what that means is permission. You're having to get the government's permission <laughs> to do something. And when you think about how many things in our lives today we have to ask the government's permission to do, I mean, build a house, start a business, hire somebody, buy a gun, even medicine, right? What is a prescription? A, a, a medical prescription is a government permit allowing right. you to have a medicine. That's Unbelievable. You are absolutely right. So, Tim, what, first of all, has it just been because we've just looked the other way and said, yeah, well, you know, that sounds good? Because when you think about it, uh, you'll use prescription for, for an example. Uh, you think about, well, yeah, you know, if they say, well, you know, somebody probably needs to oversee that. You know, I, I don't, you know, I obviously, depending on, you know, what uh, type of uh, political uh, leaning you are, uh, either you think, yeah, well, you know, people should be regulated or, you know what, people should live and die on their own regulations. And uh, so what? If they take more medicine than they're supposed to, uh, that's up to them, not you. But Yeah, I think I think in, in, in the book I argue that it is just a gradual thing, like you said, that we, what happens is it's very easy to fall into this way of thinking, of saying, well, such and such an activity is dangerous. So right. we're going to just have a rule that says you have to prove that you know what you're doing before you do the thing. The problem is right. you can apply that kind of thinking if you're not careful to absolutely anything. And I give examples in the book of how people have tried to force you to get government permits to have children. Or in some cases, there's one arg- uh, a couple of philosophers who have made the argument that you have to get the government's permission before you treat your children well by sending them to private schools and stuff. That is, and that's uh, actually uh, more and more, right? I mean, more states uh, are uh, uh, going against the homeschool uh, thought process by saying, well, you know, yeah, you can homeschool, but prove to us that you know what you're doing. 
In Michigan well, in the 1990s, they tried to shut down homeschoolers by requiring them to get teacher credentials before they could uh, homeschool their children. Unfortunately, the Michigan Supreme Court said, no, that intrudes too much on the, on the constitutional rights of parents. But, you know, these kinds of permit requirements are pervasive. We find them everywhere. What, uh, what got, you, uh, got you started uh, writing this book down this line of the, of the Permission Society? Because I absolutely love the, love the idea. Well, I was talking to a lawyer friend named Alan Gura. He won the the big Second Amendment cases before the Supreme Court in the previous years, uh, the Chicago case and the D.C. case about gun rights. And he was saying, you know, in the First Amendment realm, when we're talking about freedom of speech or freedom of the press, the, the constitutional rule is very clear. You're not allowed to have a law that forces people to get permission from the government before they, they can speak. A permit requirement is simply unconstitutional. Well, why shouldn't that be the case for the right to possess a firearm? How come the government can, can impose these extremely vague standards that say you're not allowed to own a gun unless there's good cause? And of course, good cause means whatever the bureaucrats say it means. And I got to thinking, well, gosh, you could look at everything in life that way. I mean, why is it that the government can, for instance, if you want to build a house, they can impose a permit requirement that tells you what your house can look like? Well, gosh, you know, architecture is a form of free speech. If you look at, at Frank Lloyd Wright houses, that's a, those are beautiful artistic achievements. How can right. the government come in and restrict speech by telling me what my house can look like when I build it? <laughs> well, is I mean, again, uh, when we have our uh, uh, homeowners uh, tribe uh, in the neighborhoods, our neighborhood watch societies, uh, they tell people they can't have stuff in their front yards, their backyards, what color their fence can be, no, those windows are wrong all the time. And the argument is, well, hey, you moved into the neighborhood, you knew what you were getting into. But why are and, those rules there I in do- the first place? Well, I, I, and I make it, I try to argue, I'm not saying that permit requirements are never a good idea or that, uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm arguing actually that, that the free market can provide protections when necessary that are better than government protections. So take, for example, zoning rules. Zoning was created about 100 years ago on the theory that this would be a way of rationally organizing cities and making sure that things were located in the best places so you didn't have haphazard development where you'd have a factory next to a school and so forth. Well, 100 years later, it turns out, if you look at the Manhattan zoning map today, it is every bit as crazy quilt and, and lunatic as it was 100 years ago, it, because everybody gets variances and exceptions and exclusions and grandfathered in and so forth. The difference is, back then, the choices about how land use was going to be done were made by the people who own the property and, and it was based on supply and demand and what the market wanted, what consumers wanted, and so forth. Huh. Today, those decisions are made by political bodies, by who knows a politician, who contributes the most to his campaign, who can get a favor from City Hall, and so forth. That's I the mean, big difference. It's not a difference between no planning on one hand and planning on the other hand. It's a question about whether the planning is done by the people or by bureaucrats. I mean, we've seen evidence of that in this latest presidential election uh one of the candidates is proud of be, of doing that i mean that's what that's what his deal is yeah i gave to everybody i had to that's get right. stuff done i mean it's amazing yeah, that's right um you talk a little bit about in your book uh i we'll go to chapter seven here guns and we touch a little bit on guns and a little bit on drugs for prescriptions but guns drugs and sex i mean those are three things that are definite permission society Yes. Well, I think the reason why is because permits, 
the rule that you can't do something unless the government lets you. That's obviously an extremely powerful tool for the people in government. And so permits have become a device where uh, those in government can impose not just their preferences when it comes to economics or property use, but also their preferences when it comes to morality or how society ought to look and so forth. And so I argue that the, we've seen in recent years, we've seen the development of these uh, so-called yes means yes rules that presume that you're a rapist unless you can prove afterwards that you got consent from your partner at every stage throughout the evening. Well, we've pretty much, we've pretty much reached – I mean we have pretty much reached the uh, uh, guilty unless proven innocent instead of innocent right. until proven guilty stage right now with almost everything, exactly. let alone rape. And, and this is now the law in California for college campuses. All colleges in California are required to have one of these, one of these what they call affirmative consent rules that presumes that you're guilty of rape unless you can prove a negative. I mean, this is a reversal of a thousand years of criminal law in the Anglo-American common law system that has always proved, pre- presumed people to be innocent until proven guilty. And the reason why you're presumed innocent until proven guilty is because it's never possible to literally prove your innocence. You could come up with all sorts of hypothetical, well, gosh, what if you did it this way? Oh, what if you did it that way? And so forth, if, you're, if the presumption is guilt. And so we have the presumption of innocence because it's, it's just not logically possible for a person to prove that he didn't commit a crime. Well, for the same reason, I think all permit requirements suffer from the same handicap. A rule that says you're not allowed to build a home unless you can prove that it would be absolutely safe. You're not allowed to possess a firearm unless you can prove that you would be absolutely qualified to possess that firearm. You're not allowed to start a business unless you can prove that you would absolutely not cause pollution or, what, or whatever. Right, right. You, these rules always presume you guilty unless you can prove that you're innocent or presume you unfree unless you can prove that you should be free um where are we headed with this tim i mean are we are we just good is it going to get just worse and worse because it certainly seems that way and then there are times when i feel like no you know what people are starting to get it uh we're going away from it they realize that hey uh you know we want to be free as an example i i live here in texas and uh, you know everybody talks about the the great uh, freedoms of texas and it's true to a point, but Texas is being invaded from other states, and those things that they're coming to Texas. Yeah, we love Texas for the freedom, but you know we should really do it the way we did it in our state. No, we shouldn't, and it's getting worse. Oh, that is, so that is so true. Yeah, no, I you know I'm in the same camp as you. I, I some days I feel optimistic, and some days I feel pessimistic. I feel very pessimistic when I look at the national level. But when I look at, at the, the, the young generation, I feel more confident. I think people – I think the, the, the kids who are coming out of college today, a lot of them have pretty crazy ideas. But a lot of them also see what a real threat this is and how their generation is being harmed and deprived of opportunity because of the permission society. To me, this yeah, is the main so. problem with the permission society is that saying you have to get government's permission first – is a real handicap to innovation and opportunity and discovery and growth. And so it's the younger generation that has the most to lose because those people who already have permits to run a business or whatever, they're, they're, they're set, they're secure. It's the rising generation of entrepreneurs and newcomers to the market. They're the ones who get locked out because of the permission society. So I'm hoping that they see this problem and are willing to say, you know what, we should have a rule that you're free unless proven otherwise, instead of a rule under the Permission Society that you are not free unless the government says that you are. 
And you think that these students coming out of colleges in their safe spaces are going to do that? I don't know. I like it. You know, that that is a, a main concern for me. It really is. But, I, you know, I also I also talk to a lot of students who who really get it. So. I know I, it's not it is it's most it most definitely isn't everyone. No question. Uh, we are definitely in a, a surrounding world of the minority is getting the getting the coverage and the majority is just like, well, that's just stupid and move on. Yeah, right. Um, no, well, no it's so stupid, we can hardly believe that that's actually going on. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the know, whole safe spaces thing took me totally by surprise. <laughs> I, I was, I'm still astonished by how stupid that is. And yet it's, it's, it seems to be getting more and more common. I, I don't yes. understand it. Yes, it is. I, I don't either. Um, okay, so one of the things, it's kind of a catch-22 uh, as well, because you talk about uh, the people who already have their permits are are good, so they've locked out the ones that don't. But really... Uh, when you think about it, if you have a permit and that was issued by whoever, and we'll just use the government as the overall uh, uh, permitter, uh, they can come in at any time and say, you know what, no, uh, no, we're shutting you down. Uh, that permit isn't good yeah. for you anymore. And that's the problem. Yeah. And there's no or way to find it. impose different rules on you as, as you go forward. I mean, a, a good example of the kinds of ways that permit holders can be exploited is with building permits. So if you, if you oh, get a building – if you want a building permit, very often local officials will come to you and say, okay, you can have your building permit, but you have to give us a little something in exchange for that permit. And, you know, the the little something can often be a tremendous amount. And there have been Supreme Court cases that say permit officials are not allowed to use the permit requirement as a way of just uh, a a plan of extortion to take things from people. But unfortunately, local officials very often find clever ways to get around that and to, to force people to often give up their land in exchange for a permit to use the rest of their land. Or in a case that I litigated some years ago, my clients were forced to give up their right to vote in exchange for a building permit in Southern California. Wow. What? First of all, I mean, I don't know that I would ever say yes to that, but what caused that to happen? I want to hear. In California, there's a, the Constitution of California guarantees your right to vote on certain kinds of property taxes called assessments. And it's illegal for the local government to impose these assessments on people without having an election. But the city of Carlsbad decided that it wanted to impose these assessments. So when my clients went in for a building permit, it, the city said to them, okay, you have to pay $115,000 in assessments up front, which is already illegal. And then they said, but if you can't afford it, and of course nobody can, then you can sign this <laughs> waiver that says that you give up your right to vote on any future assessments. And that, is, that waiver runs with the land. So anybody who buys their property afterwards also doesn't have the right to vote on property assessments. And unfortunately, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals rejected the, that case on a technicality. And so that law remains on the books today. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say except, wow, that really amazes me. But why not? Why wouldn't they try? Because if it works, okay. Yeah, you know. I mean, right. Timothy Sandiford, the Permission Society, available now in every available place that you could possibly find it, the Permission Society. Is there a website that you'd like anyone to go to, Tim? Or are you just good with uh, sending them to uh, the usual suspects and purchase the book? Well, you can you can check out my work and the work of my colleagues at the Goldwater Institute at goldwaterinstitute.org. And for more information about the book, you can go to Encounter Books' website. Great. Timothy Sanford, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you joining us on the broadcast today. Thank you. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. Let me tell you about this, and then we'll get to the show, okay? 
If you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. Casper created one perfect mattress that sold directly to you at a shockingly fair price, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper shipped for free right to your door, delivered in a sleek, how the heck did it fit in their box? You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper, made in America. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Obsessively engineered with breathable latex and memory foams that are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. You don't love it? They'll pick it up, refund you everything. Right now, get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash fisher. casper.com, promo code Fisher. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash Fisher.